Thank you for double-clicking your mouse tonight. You're listening to the Midnight Frightcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Everybody, welcome to the Long Dead Midnight Frightcast, episode number eighty-eight. It's your screen queen, <laughs> Maddie here. Joining me today, right below me on the screen—I don't know where he is in real life—is King Captain Banana Awesome Sauce, or our Doctor of Filmonomics, Greg. Greg, the movie guy is dead. I killed him. I am now King Captain. What's up, everybody? Right down next to Greg is a Joshua, the guy in the room, the guy who likes to watch. I have missed. Oh, I'm. I jumped on your intro. I'm sorry, Maddie. Can you start over? Start over. Let's no, start. no, we're not doing this like Daenerys Stormborn thing where you have like 90 titles. Not I, haven't, I haven't done this for a while, so I, I, I had my timing. The guy who likes to watch. First of his name. How's <laughs> Josh, guys? And right next to me is Patrick, Doctor of Everything Else. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Ah. Well, spoiler alert, we're still in quarantine because uh, some of you cunts won't wear your mask. <laughs> Yay. What's this month? Like nine now? Yeah, I think. Yeah, we've been doing this for a while via Zoom. So is everybody else. So I think we're in good company. But tonight we've kind of got a special, special, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's special. special. It's just real special, guys. You're very special. <laughs> so what we're kind of going to do tonight is we're going to chat about how horror is doing right now. It's kind of having yeah, a little bit of a moment. Maybe not. We're also, the guys did their 31 days of horror last month. Um, and we're going to wrap that up. Talk about what they watched. Because I was a lazy piece of shit. And didn't do that. So those who don't understand teach i guess or whatever the saying is so we're gonna start off tonight and just kind of talk about what horror's doing right now in quarantine just you know in general with our streaming services and you know just kind of what's been going on it's having a moment but at the same time it's not well, <laughs> so anyone want to jump in about that I, i'm gonna jump in because i know that for all four of us the show of the year that we wanted to see got postponed to next year with Terrifier 2. And I mean, that is common for a lot of movies that came out this year. The anticipation of seeing something in 2020, I believe, uh, the, wasn't the Halloween movie supposed to be in 2020 as yeah. well? Mm-hmm. And yep. that got pushed. Uh, just a lot of things got pushed to next year. It, it makes complete sense that they did it. But then again, the question then comes out, and we brought this up earlier, uh, chatting before the podcast, was... How does horror survive when people can't actually go out and see it? And where does it survive? And where are they finding their home at? And one of the things that came up is we know Shudder has got to be having a banner year. I know that most of the content that I have seen so far has been on Shudder. And it's cheap to be on the, on their service. Because I think they only charge, what, five bucks a month? Five dollars. And they are putting out original content. I don't know if, you know, if, if they're finding people and they're saying, okay, this is an exclusive. I don't know if it's necessarily Shutter original, but it's definitely Shutter exclusive content. And so there was a number of movies that I had seen during quarantine that are damn good movies 
that came out exclusively on Shutter. Now I know there's there's other streaming services obviously for it, but I think there I think with a genre that is able to crank out movies as quickly as the horror genre does, I think they're really finding a home with these streaming services right now. Yeah, yeah Shutter's. Oh, go ahead, Maddie. Sorry. I was going to say, like, when you think of movies that you absolutely have to see in the theater, you normally think of huge action-packed explosion stuff, like things that require, like, the ambiance and the surround sound and all that stuff. And, like, a lot of horror just doesn't have that. Like, I mean, you have, like, some really cool, like, sounds and stuff. Like, I actually, for someone who hates going to the movie theater, I would actually really have liked to see an Antrim in the theater just because of the sounds and everything. But I kind of think it makes sense that horrors really kind of having a good time just being exclusively on streaming services. Especially, like, there are so many genres out there, and I feel like horror is the one that has specialized streaming services for it. Like you have Shudder, you have Screambox, there's another one that I can't remember what it's called. But it has multiple different streaming services, so it's kind of like it was built for this almost. Yeah, I mean, I got a lot of my content for 31 Days off of Shudder, just kind of like Patrick said. They're dropping a lot of original content on there, and not like not just original content, but like really, really good original content on there. And, you know, they, they switch up their titles probably more than a lot of the other streaming services do uh, when it comes to horror, uh, because that they're, they're exclusively horror. They switch up their titles a lot. Netflix and, and Prime, you're, you're kind of waiting, um, you know, every month they'll drop like five, ten new titles on there. Shudder switches quite a bit. Uh, now, I, I had not really been familiar with Shudder until recently, you know, with being in quarantine. Do they, Josh, in your experience, because I know you've been with them for a while, do they tend to keep their titles much longer than, than other places? Do you see them dropping titles? They, I feel like they drop new titles on there just more often. And like, there's a, like, if you go like on the main page, there's like their titles, but there's, there's a place on Shudder that you can go and, and it kind of breaks down everything by like subgenre and special titles and stuff like that. But they're in their main page switches up once in a while, but they, they drop, uh, they switch their titles out quite a bit. I guess my question, actually, I need to rephrase it. Is do you, do you find that they retain their titles longer in the sense of like, I'm going to throw out the movie host that it's going to be there for the next year, or it's going to be unavailable after six months. Uh, no, you can find it there for, it sits there. It's definitely sits there longer than if you were to wait for it on prime or Netflix. Okay. Uh, it does sit there for a while. It doesn't, it would probably jump off the main page after a while, but if you dug deep enough, you will find it on shutter for a while. And for me, I'm finding that shutter is more for the horror enthusiast. Uh, you're not going to find a lot of the mainstream films there, but if you're a horror enthusiast, you're going to find some really damn good content on on Shutter. Yeah, I uh, said um, <laughs> uh, my brain just went. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and something in my brain was like, "Nope, you're not going to say that." You're gonna Welcome for- back to the Frightcast, right? <laughs> just like my brain just like fell out my ear. I don't know what I was going to say. So, clearing those cobwebs out, man. <laughs> right, it's, there's quite a bit to shake out. the The thing I was gonna say though, off of off of Shutter, is I wish some of those mainstream titles would have just because kind of going off what Maddie said, horror is like the one kind of genre that you don't really need to see in the theater to get the full viewing experience. I don't think, and so I wonder 
how well some of those titles that they pulled and pushed to next year, uh, how well they would have done just VOD rentals off of Prime. Because, you know, Antebellum was going to be a huge title that would have gone theatrical and, and I think actually did go theatrical uh, for a little bit, but it also dropped VOD on Prime. And so I wonder how it did on Prime versus how it did in the theater uh, experience uh, financially. Right. I know, you know, people are looking down on that. Um, the theaters are looking down on that, obviously, because they want to make money, but they're, they're fucking closed. Like, nobody's open. So you're not taking any money away from that theater. You're only really taking money away from that film that should have just should have just done a VOD option, 20 bucks rental at home, and you're going to watch it from the comfort of your own couch. And I totally would have done that with quite with, with quite a few titles that would have dropped this year if they would have come out. Well, and like Shudder kind of killed it right at the beginning when everyone started getting all locked down because they did that like free month for mm-hmm. everybody. And like, I think that drew a ton of people in and that was really, really smart. Like they did some really great marketing, but like subtle, it's not in your face all the time, but like, I think I follow them, but even before I did, it just kind of like popped up on like my Facebook feed and it got like shared around like the horror community. Like they did a really good job just like kicking ass. Shudder, I think, is also the only streaming site also where you can go and actually listen to, uh, they have original, they have horror podcasts on Mm -hmm. Shudder as well. So there's an option on there if you're a podcast fan and uh, especially a, a podcast fan of the horror genre. I think Shudder is the only place that has options like that, too. Um, and, and again, really good content. Greg, you have Shudder, right? I do. Yeah. What do you think? I, I, I like Shudder. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Greg. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's it, there's nothing more that can really be said about it that hasn't been said already. I spent the majority of October just scouring Shutter to find anything because Netflix had barely anything. Amazon Prime is a bastard all on its own. Hulu, I feel like, was probably a second contender to Shutter during the October month just because, like I said, Netflix had a few things, but it was all stuff that I had seen, which I, at the, the first half of the month, I didn't want to jump into because I wanted to save those in case I needed them. And I'm glad I did because I needed them. But Hulu actually had some pretty good stuff. I'd have to go back and see what I watched on there. But I know that there was more of a list from Hulu than uh, I had on Netflix and whatever garbage was at the bottom of the barrel on Amazon Prime. So I'm grateful for having Shudder, a subscription to Shudder this October, because I would not have finished with newer content. Anything I watched off of Amazon Prime uh, for the 31 days, I actually rented. They were all VOD rentals. I did not watch anything off Prime. Uh, okay, I was just sitting there in the in the free. Right, but garbage. their their free stuff is just it's hot garbage. Right, garbage. It's, uh, <laughs> everything I watched off of Prime, they were all VOD rentals. Yeah, um, yeah, it was the same with me. Yeah, they had quite a few. You know, they had a handful of good VOD rentals off off Prime, and uh, I knew this year uh, that I was going to have to drop a, a couple dollars just to watch some of the ones that I really wanted to watch. To put in this this uh, challenge, you know, but what you're what you're dropping in some of those rentals is so much less than what you'd be dropping if you went to the theater to see, you know, to see a new release. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but when you see some of these new releases coming out and they're still charging, you know, twenty bucks to see it, I mean, you can still weigh that with Amazon Prime getting some fairly decent ones for, you know, two, three, four bucks. I think the most I spent on Prime was five ninety nine, and that rental was. 
a thousand percent worth the rental. So, yeah. so I was not bummed that I spent six bucks to rent a movie. And again, it goes to like, it goes to, you know, indie filmmakers, really, they're not studio films. So those indie people, those indie filmmakers drop their content for four or five bucks on Prime. And if you're an indie filmmaker, like you're, you know, you're kind of giving back, like you'd want somebody to do the same thing for you if if you dropped your your film on Prime and, and dropped it for three bucks or whatever. So I, I had no problem spending that money on somebody that dropped their indie film on Prime. That's just yeah. me though. Yeah. I think it'd be really cool if there was more of a like streaming service that was just for indie filmmakers because like on one hand, like you think, yeah, four or five bucks isn't a lot. But think of if you did that like multiple, multiple, multiple times throughout the year, then like that's a little too much for me. And that's unfortunately why I don't tend to watch a lot of indie films that you have to rent because I'm like, yeah, it's just three bucks now. But like that, it's only $20 mentality, like gets my bank account screaming every month. You know what I mean? Like it would be really great if there was just a streaming service for indie filmmakers where they could drop their content that it was more accessible because just yeah as i said it just adds up it adds up over the years Mm -hmm. over the year and to where it's like i could spend like a few hundred dollars and like i'm happy that it's going to indie filmmakers instead of like fucking warner brothers again but like at the same time like i don't have that money (laughs) you know right i'm not really surprised that shutter's having a moment because i know we've talked about this before when you're like looking at horror like as a psychological standpoint because i know we've talked about like when there are like scary times people tend to flock towards horror because they're looking for like a monster that they can be afraid of instead of just like circumstances you know what i mean like that's kind of the psychology of horror that a lot of people kind of go towards but i am very glad they're like i have stayed away from freaking what's that movie court or contagion i've not wanted to watch contagion right now so i'm like no that's just the news no thanks yeah you. yeah that's just the news any it's zombie really film we're yeah. at the beginning of any zombie film yeah no i am not watching 28 <laughs> weeks later like we're all like right there anyway <laughs> i'm just like no yeah. it, I'm it's okay. gonna it's no. gonna be a really interesting year for horror and again horror podcasts and anybody that does a top 10 horror film list at the end of the year it's going to be yeah. a really interesting year to see what people come up with and what they pull from. Because if you're not, again, if you're not a podcaster that goes to these film festivals where you get early new content and you get to see stuff that won't necessarily hit uh, streaming services yet or theatrical releases yet, and you're just kind of stuck to the, I watched this new movie off of this streaming channel, the content that you're going to have to make a top 10 is going to be super limited. Um, You're not even, I'll be interested to see how many studio films land on a top 10 list because nothing came out. Yeah. Um, So how do you build that list? Yeah. And I feel like what does come out is going to be like the most garbage movie and it's going to win best just because it happened to come out in a year where everybody else was pushing for 2021. I'm I'm going to say that there's still going to be some decent content for the 2020 list because, and we'll get into it later, you guys know that I watch, I try to in my 31-day challenge to watch uh, current movies. And I found some pretty decent stuff out there for, for 2020. Is it as good as maybe some of the past years? Maybe not quite, but there's still some 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 diamonds in the rough there. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I'm still slightly bitter about Terrifier too, but like, I believe you, I guess. But that's kind of like speaking of Terrifier too, that has like a cult following. Like, I think that's where kind of indie horror has kind of like pulled ahead this year because they have those fans and they have their like audience and that fan and their audience is going to follow them like i'm not saying like big studio films don't have like a following but there's i feel like a lot of people who like really watch films and filmmakers are just kind of like over hollywood like and they have been for the last couple years so i think maybe like indie horror is going to kind of pull ahead this year just because they were the ones releasing on vod before i i 100 agree with that and even if it wasn't in 2020 indie horror has been taking a lead to Hollywood horror in the last couple of years. So if indie horror is going to do anything, this is your year, make it count and take over whatever Hollywood garbage is coming out because Hollywood is just sucking on horror right now. Yeah. The, the few studio films I did, I did watch on my 31 days were turds to be honest with you. And there weren't a lot of them. I think there was like two or three, but they were turds in the old punch bowl. So hundred percent agree on the studio thing or on that, the, the indie film thing. I was just doing a quick, Google search here, just trying to find out how many dedicated horror streaming services there were. And it's pretty much just between Shutter and Screenbox. And I don't want to knock what Screenbox does. Uh, like I said, they're offering content that the Netflixes and the Hulus and the Amazon Primes are not doing. They just don't happen to have the the, the library that Shutter has. They've got a much, I think, a much smoother and streamlined interface than what Shutter does. But when it comes to pure content, Shutter hasn't beat hands down. Yeah. Is uh is Shutter offering or not Shutter, uh Screenbox, are they offering original content at all or are they just a service supplying for horror movies? Yeah, I don't know about original content or even exclusive content uh on sure. that. I don't think I can have a, a I think a they do I think on over I think every October that I've been following them, I think they do like a they do something that's exclusive to them and I it's like 13 days of horror or something like that in October and mm-hmm. I know it's also where and they're not very expensive either they're like what four dollars a month or something yeah, like that yeah they're pretty cheap but um I know they've done before where you can watch those like exclusive 13 movies for free and I could be mm-hmm. talking out of my ass but I know they do something <laughs> similar to that and maybe I just haven't really paid attention but I think Screenbox does focus a little more on indie movies and sh- i know shutter does a lot of indie movies too but like i think when sure. i've looked through shutter's <clears throat> boxes library before that's what a majority of what i've seen yeah they do have their exclusive ones on on their site scream is 4.99 a month and shutter is 4.75 a month so they're competitive very that's, that's very great. affordable very, and very competitive yeah. with each other yeah and I know Screenbox, you can get like a whole year. And what is it, like $38? 35 bucks, like I think, is what yeah, I just wrote. An entire year is pretty damn cheap. Yeah, so that's and not bad. Shutter's the same way. I think I bought my, I don't remember what the cost was, but I bought my year subscription because it was significantly less. So it was Another... a promotional for Screenbox and Shutter. Yeah. Yeah. You were thinking about it, and like both of them together are cheaper than fucking Netflix <laughs> and Hulu. So just hanging, that's what you watch. So now we just have to have Shutter sponsor us. Yeah, Shutter. And if you have all of them, they're all cheaper than cable. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Yeah. We if you're cable. Out- we're streaming only, and it's so much cheaper. 
Yeah, if you're out there and still using cable, like, what you doing, baby? Like, this is 2020. My parents still have cable. I've been trying to get them to drop it for, like, five no. years. It's trash. Shut it down. Fuck cable. <laughs> I know, and they know it's trash. Cable's like, we know we're bad, but come back. We won't hit you no more. Right. Anyone else? <laughs> no, Sorry, I, I, more, I, so. I like it said before if you don't have shutter and you're you're an enthusiast and you probably are if you're listening to us get shutter it's worth it yeah shutter is fantastic and you can get it through your amazon prime so it's just like one bill seriously shutter you got to sponsor us now we've been jerking you off like for the last like 20 minutes we've been giving them love for several months actually we have we do love we do we've reviewed a lot of their movies and we do love us some shutter all right so now that we know kind of where horror's going, where it's at, let's just jump into our 31 Days of Horror discussion. So these guys were good. They did their homework. They did their thing. I am a terrible host, which is why I'm talking right now. So we'll go around, first of all, and just like, I just want to know why you guys picked the movies that you did for your 31 day challenge and i'm sure we just talked about this a lot of it's you're just scraping the barrel you're just getting the gunk out climbing at that last door but some of it i'm sure you picked because you actually wanted to see it and i also think an important question to ask us is why the hell do we do this every year why do we put ourselves through this because you know josh was saying ourselves yeah josh was saying off cast you know it's like once you get done with that 31 days you don't want to watch anything for a good period of time you are movied out so why do we why do we do it guys i I feel like this is the first year that we got really close to not doing it like i feel like we kind of pulled the trigger on this year at the very last minute um that we started talking about it because Usually I feel like we gear up for it, you know, a few weeks in advance, like nobody watch anything, you know, just nobody really check out anything new. And that's kind of what I did leading up to this. But like, we're usually talking about the 31 days a little bit in advance. And I feel like it was like the week before we were like, all right, should we do it? I mean, maybe, maybe not, whatever, let's whatever, yes or no. Do you think the circumstances of this year made it different for us as well? 100%. You know, usually we're we're always in communication with the four of us just for podcast stuff. And we're also doing every other week podcasts, or at least before this, we were doing every week for podcasts. And I think that helps kind of keep us in that realm of what's going on. And, you know, after the last cast that we did back in September, it was radio silence for a long time even going up to october and then yeah we hit that week before and it was like oh uh okay here we go yeah yeah well and even before that i mean it's been two months since our last podcast and it had been two months prior to that since our Mm -hmm. so i mean we've gone four months with one with one podcast in between it um so i definitely think not being able to talk about the genre with you guys uh sitting in, in in especially Guys, I miss having you here at the ba- yeah. in the basement over here and at the table and talking to you face to face. I really miss you guys. And that makes a huge difference as well. I'm not as excited about this as I mm-hmm. used to be when it comes to watching the films because I'm not able to talk to you guys to the about them as easily. Well, and it's also kind of like we all are more excitable on this podcast than we talk to each other in real life. You know what I mean? Because like it would be so boring for our listeners if we sat here and we're just like, yeah, fucking yeah, House of Thousand Corpses is the tits. Like, yeah, yeah. no one wants to there's, hear that. So we kind of. 
I was gonna say we kind of have like more we're more pumped up and we kind of have like almost a persona that we take on here because we got to be excited and we need to keep people engaged and stuff and like this year has been fucking depressing oh it's so hard yeah and so like I it's harder for me to like get into that mode and I'm sure it is for you guys too because like I'm not excited I'm just kind of like not on a ventilator today yahoo (laughs) like Uh. (laughs) there's that there's and I also my, think that yeah. we've had the opportunity. We're at home more, obviously. We find projects to do around the house. I mean, Greg, shit, you like remodeled an entire basement, didn't you? Uh, I could show you. I'm sitting in it right now. Well, <laughs> yes, we've tried to we're, show that on the podcast. We're, we're weeks people, away from I, having But a what I'm basement. saying is, you guys. I mean, you had a major project going on. Things were going on. Josh, you filmed an entire fucking movie somehow or another. And, tried. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's just one of those things that we had the opportunity to focus on something different. So we kind of stepped away from this. And I, once again, going back to my original question, do you feel the circumstances affected us going into this 31 days? It definitely did for me. Yeah. I just like have not been (laughs) excited about horror this year at all. And again, when it comes to not like, I'm even less excited about it when I don't have anybody to talk to about it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, yep. that's a big thing about, you know, watching some of these films is like you, you have somebody to, to bounce that, that film off of whether it was good or bad, or you have, you know, different opinions on it. And when, you know, there's only so much I could be like, you know, talking to my wife about this horror movie I watched before she's like, that sounds fucking stupid. She's like, it's, get away from me, Josh. Stop Josh, talking to up. me. Uh, so when you don't uh, it's at that point where she said josh just let's go have sex so you'll shut up uh she would never say that that in a million years she would never mind um um, it's just um even that 31 days i was like hey uh, you know i watched this movie and she's like yep that sounds awful so when there's nobody to bounce these films off of and nobody to talk to about it it the the excitement is kind of gone for me this year has been kind of the the perfect storm for all of this to happen where we're not in the studios anymore we're not chatting back and forth with each other and i don't want to go too far into it because i think this is going to segue nicely into our uh our topic of the 31 days but there's also no movies coming out you know everything just kind of fell into this giant shit storm of Nothing is happening. So nothing's happening on the reviewers end. We don't have anything to talk about. What are we supposed to do? You know, and again, it kind of goes back to us blowing shutter. Thank God that there was somebody putting something out because holy Lord, we would have been screwed. Yeah. yeah. And like, I was actually the opposite. I was actually, cause for some reason, even though I'm not really, I don't really do a lot of my Halloween stuff that I used to do. Like I am not involved in the haunted house thing anymore. Not really involved in filmmaking anymore. Like any of that, I didn't like. So this year, I actually was like, "Shit, I might watch more than of uh, the Void six times in a row." And like, <laughs> lies. I know. Again, I only watched it twice, so I feel like I was doing good. I felt like I was like, "Oh my god, I might actually get to like sit down and do this." And then like, shit that our listeners don't give a fuck about that I'm not gonna go into because it's you know my life outside of this podcast, like. It still shit happened and I wasn't able to do anything and I was just kind of like really we're trapped in the house and I still can't even watch 31 fucking movies like come on man it it, it was though it, it was tough uh you know and again we're we're gonna go into this too but the three of us approach this 31 days of horror film completely different like yeah 
all three of us, we do not do it the same. Every year, I'm like, this year, I'm going to approach this like Patrick. And every year, it's just, I, st- I try, and then I, I crash into the side of a building. But we, we all do approach this 31 days completely different. Yeah, um, so I guess that takes us back to Maddie's original question before we you know went off on a tangent. And that was, I believe, Maddie, how do we choose our movies? Was that what yeah. you Yeah. Let's talk about your approach, use Josh's word. We've been doing this for, what, five years? Four years now? Longer than that. I think we're pushing six or seven at this point. I think it was like six or seven unofficial, but four definitely with the podcast. And I think after the first year, I decided I needed to use that time more wisely. So the past few years, I've been choosing movies that were released in the United States in that year. So so obviously for this year, movies that were released in the United States or re- released for viewing in the United States in the year 2020. And the reason I do that is so that I'm more prepped for the end of the year. I don't have to go back and watch even more movies to pick out my top 10 of 2020. So that's my, that's the that's the madness to my method. You know, I I tried to do this year the the start was I'm going to try to watch as many 2020 films as I possibly can. I'm only going to hunt down 2020 films. And then I was going to sprinkle in a couple of movies that I absolutely have to watch during that 31 days. And I feel like I succeeded for the most part when it came to that. I did watch a lot of 2020 films. Every year I say I'm going to make a list and I'm going to follow it. And then I don't make a list or I think last year I made a list and and that list lasted like the first maybe five movies. And then I deviated and uh, went away from it. But the, uh, the, the approach this year was I I was going to just watch as much 2020 content as possible. And, and I succeeded on that. I did watch a lot of 2020 garbage, but uh, it was 2020. So typically my, my, process in going into the 31 days of horror challenge is to be as organized and prepared as I possibly can. It, it's from pre- uh, previous experience going into this with no plan, no movies that you want to see and just flying by the seat of your pants is never a good idea because you always end up at the bottom of the barrels on Amazon and you're kicking yourself for it. Because this year kind of snuck up on us, this October snuck up on us, at least me, I had full intentions on not completing this um, this challenge this year. And I even sent out a message when we were kind of starting to talk about it of I'm going to do the best that I can, but because of lockdown, I've been, uh, getting crushed on over at church doing digital stuff for them. October's in the middle of my work busy season. And like Patrick said, we we're finishing our basement right now. And that is a full time and a half job in itself. So there was minimal time for me to do anything. And it was just, it was one of those of I'll watch what I can watch. And if I can get to it, then awesome. If not, I'm fully anticipating on failing miserably this mm-hmm. year. And I surprised myself, actually. I found little bits of time here and there where I could sit down and watch stuff. But because I went in fully unprepared, it, it got ugly uh, real quick. And again, kind of going back to the nothing was being released. There's nothing out there that I really wanted to see. It was just it was bottom of the barrel on most of the uh most of the streaming services, which really sucked. And it got to a point where I had to just fall back on the horror movies that I I usually go to 
during this time. I just kind of looking over my list, I think half of the movies that I watched were movies that I had seen prior to, and I knew that they were going to be good just so I could get through this thing, which I don't typically like to do because obviously, like uh, Patrick said, this is a great time to watch any current year horror movie. So we have something legitimate to talk about during our top 10 end of the year cast. And there was just nothing out there that I wanted to see. And so again, I fell back to what I knew was good. And if I saw something, I would trickle it in and that's what I got. So this was, this was a wildly off year for me, especially. And I, I don't typically fly by the seat of my pants. I like to be more prepared, but it's just, it was a bad year, you know? Just imagine how good next year is going to be when all that awesome stuff that was supposed to come out this year comes Dude, out. <laughs> it's going to be overload next year. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not even mad about it. I'm very excited about a lot of the content that hopefully comes out next year and that we can all see. I'm, I'm going to call it right now. We're going to need a two-part cast. We're going to have to do uh, 10 through 5 or actually 20 through 10 on one cast and then 10 through 1 on another one. I can. I'm already gonna predict my number one movie next year, though. It's gonna be Terrifier too. Like, duh. <laughs> you know, it, it, I hope that it is good. I hope that it is great. I will be very sad if we have like overhyped it in our own heads when it finally comes out and we go, "Oh, that was nice." I know. Like, I will cry. Yeah. I will cry like legit, like tears if it's bad. But like. Everything I've seen coming out from them looks kind of fun. And like they said, they were going to outdo the hacksaw death. I mean, come on. Don't know how you can do it, but let's see. Bring it on. The bar's been set. (laughs) The bar has been set and the bitch is hung from it. So let's go. All right. So how do we want to handle this? So let's just hop right into it. And we're going to round robin this. And what was your top five best? And we'll get to, I know everybody's normally is honorable mention. So let's just focus on the top five. Greg, what going, was your number five? Going from, going from oh. five to one. Five to one. Okay. Uh, wait, we're not going to do honorable mentions or we're going to do them. We're going to do them after, but let's just oh, focus okay. on top five for now. And then we can right. chat about like, you know, kind of see this kind of don't, you know. And we also have our worst, right? We do have our worst, but we'll save those because those are the fun ones. I don't give a fuck about what was good. I want to know what was trash. I'm going to watch those. Okay. <laughs> Number five was a, uh, a movie I wasn't anticipating liking, but again, it was one of those that I caught it at the right moment and was really, uh, really interesting was called The House. What house? It was pretty simplistic. The Beach. Beach. Which is off Shutter, correct, Greg? Shutter? It was, uh, I believe so. I don't remember where a lot of you Yes, it was on Shutter. But we'll, we'll say it was Shutter. Yes, sure. It was, okay, it was. good. It, it started off really slow, and it was kind of one of those red flags of, shit, what did I start watching? But once it got into it, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was a nice, nice payoff in there. One of the best shots that I actually saw throughout this entire challenge was from this movie. <laughs> uh, I think, Patrick, you watched this movie? Yep. The uh, the shot of the guy walking into the water was one of the coolest shots that I have seen in a long time. And it was well-paced, the way they handled it. It was just Absolutely. really well-paced. Absolutely. So that was uh, that was my number five favorite from this uh, from this challenge. The, the beach like- house was on my list, and I just didn't get to it. I, like- I rec- it's good. It's good for a one watch. I recommend watching it at least once, especially for that cool. walking into water scene. You like cut out like halfway 
into you saying the title and i thought you said the bitch house and i was like i'm that's why i said i'm sorry the the what house <laughs> i thought we watched that and i thought it was just called shark and saw women's prison massacre <laughs> right <laughs> josh um yeah the first film i'm gonna go number five was a film i rented off of prime and it goes with another movie that i watch every october i watch a movie called the monster squad this year a documentary came out on prime called wolfman's got nards and it is a documentary about pretty much about hardcore monster squad fans and kind of how that movie affected their life uh whether they saw it as a kid or whether they didn't catch it until they were an adult and how poorly that film did uh, when it came out in theaters, that movie opened against The Lost Boys. So you can kind of see why it would kind of tank. That that movie was in theaters for two weeks. Yeah. And then it got pulled because it went up against The Lost Boys. And there's just no fucking way it was going to win. But a lot of people found that film on VHS later in rental stores. And, and, and I was a thousand percent one of those people as a kid that would rent the monster squad every goddamn weekend. So that movie has been with me for a really long time. And uh Wolfman's got nards was definitely worth the rental price. Um, it's on prime. If you're a fan of the monster squad, it's, it's uh, definitely a documentary to check out. That's my number five. Patrick. I had mentioned earlier that I like to do movies of the current year so that I can add to my list. But as I was doing this, Watching these movies, I went down this found footage rabbit hole for a couple of days, and I found a movie called Be My Cat, a film for Anne. And essentially what it is, a, a, a Romanian filmmaker becomes obsessed with Anne Hathaway, and he decides to make a film to convince her to star in his movies. And as he's filming it, he is murdering, torturing these women but still trying to convince Anne Hathaway to be in his movies. And it was a really interesting concept. And it was the, the guy who was in the film filming, it was actually the filmmaker, the guy who wrote, directed, and starred in this movie. And it was just really, really interesting and captivating all the way through the way that he entrapped uh, the women, saying that they were auditions, uh, all sorts of things. So it was, it, it was something that was never on my radar before. I'd never heard of this. The title jumped out at me. Uh, and then I watched it. It's on Prime, by the way. And it just, it hooked me. And uh, it's from 2018, I believe. And it rose quickly to my top five. All right, let's go to number four. Back around, Greg again. So there's been one thing that I've been waiting to see. And I, I finally decided to pull the trigger on it just because I needed something to watch. And it looked like it was good. Not a horror movie, but a series. It was the history of horror, Eli Roth's history of horror. Oh my God, this is such a cool thing. Getting to see him talk with fans of the genre or super greats of the genre, whatever the word I'm looking for is, just just blows your mind. Absolutely blows your mind watching this. So that was, I, I should have put it at number one, but I wanted to save that for actual movies that I watched instead of a series. But, you know, if you're a fan of the genre and you're looking for something cool to watch, and you haven't checked this out, I should specify, because this has been out for a while. Definitely check out History of Horror. I think he's got a season two coming out here real soon. Does he? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. 
I have the biggest schoolgirl crush on Eli Roth. Like, it's embarrassing. <laughs> so, like, I'm really embarrassed that I haven't seen this. Me too. Yeah. I mean, schoolgirl crush. I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, <clears throat> hey. And that's on Shutter. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. And they actually they have a podcast on there too with more content. I actually started watching that by accident, but I want to go back and listen to that because they have a lot more content uh, that you can listen to. Nice. Josh, number four. Um, number four uh, was a film that dropped super late on uh, Netflix, uh, like really late on Netflix, called Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight. It's a foreign film. It's about a group of teens that go to a camp for people that are addicted to their electronics. So they have to go to camp to kind of wean themselves off of being this addicted to the electronics, whatever. It's pretty, it follows a pretty basic story structure, but it's a really super fun movie. It's super bloody. It's just a, a lot of fun. The killers in it are just super gross. I guess twin brothers that are covered in boils and just grossness. But it's uh, it was a super fun movie. I had a really good time with it, and it's on it's on Netflix. So I would definitely uh, check that one out if you get a chance. Yeah, I, I I had seen that one as well in the past month. Josh and I, you, I had fun with that one as well. You, okay, Patrick, what's your number four? My number four, I think, came out of recommendation from Josh at one point. It is on Shutter. It is a film called Yummy. And this is a, about this woman who goes in for breast reduction. So she goes into this uh, uh, a place that does plastic surgery. And then it ends up that nefarious things are happening at this particular surgical center. And it gets bloody disgusting quickly and hilariously at times. And I just had so much fun with this one. Part of it was subtitled, uh, and then all of a sudden they started t- talking English, which made things so much easier for the rest of the movie. But again, just had a lot of fun with this one. Lots of blood, lots of gore. It moves super fast, too. It does. So, it really does. I didn't uh, know what to expect from it. Uh, the, 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 the movie cover, the movie poster kind of drew me in as well. So I think uh, really good marketing on it. So and that's Sunny a, on Shudder, number that's four. That's a Shudder original, too. That's a original. Oh, it is? All right, guys, we're moving on to number three. Keep moving right along. Swinging back around to Greg. This is a movie that I see. I had seen a uh, an ad for on Netflix, and I'm disappointed that they waited so late in the month to drop it, but I'm glad that uh, I got to see it when I did. It was a movie called Cadaver. Uh, it was a foreign film. I don't want to talk too much about it because I feel like we could do it as a review for for us. But uh, really enjoyed the story. It was super original. It was pretty damn gross in points, but following the characters, I think, was the, the favorite point for me. So uh, really, really enjoyed that one, Cadaver. I did watch that one as well, Greg. I, didn't, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as, as you did. Um, and that, that was the reason that I wanted to watch it was because you said you didn't like it as much, and so I wanted to see what it was about. <laughs> yeah, I think it, I'm glad that I did. I think it just <laughs> moved too slow for me. I think that's all it was to sure. be with you. For me, it took a long time to kind of get going. So, sure. My number, what the fuck number are we on? <laughs> We're on three. <laughs> number three. Number three <laughs> is uh, another Shutter original. I think Patrick watched it as well. Uh, it's called Scare Me. Really, really, again, a really good, good movie. 
I liked how they did it. I thought they were setting it up to be an anthology kind of film, and then it didn't go that way. Cause it's kind of set up like like they're gonna they're like telling each other different scary stories. So I thought they were gonna go into this anthology kind of route, and then they didn't. And it's it's a good mix of horror and, and comedy. It's two actors, and that's like that's can set you up for just absolute failure if those two actors are just not on top of it and just really, really good. And both the actors, I think, had writer credits and uh, director credit as well mm-hmm. on this movie. So they were on everything, and uh, they they brought it together uh, really well. It was it was well done and a, and a ton of fun. So yeah. I saw that one after the thirty one days. And I've got to say it is some of the best writing and best acting I have seen in any movie, regardless of horror or not. I just I just thought the performances of the two main actors. There was a third actor that came on briefly. Uh, yeah, really late. Yeah. Who was a good who was a good support actor uh, and helped it out. But yeah, I, I agree. It was a really solid film. You're talking about the pizza delivery guy at the end yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Patrick, number three. From Netflix came a Asian movie called Hashtag Alive. It's about the rapid spread of an unknown infection that leaves an entire city ungovernable chaos. But there was one survivor that remains, uh, and he's in isolation. It's kind of about his story. And then he discovers there's another survivor in the apartment across from him. It's like this this square apartment with a with a, a commons area in the middle. And and how they were able to get together and survive this. And it wasn't there wasn't so much horror and gore in it as I was pulled in by the story of these two people. I thought it was really, really effective for me because of the strength of the story. And that's the reason it's in my top five, not so much for the horror and the gore, but for the story itself within an infected subgenre of horror. Well, Patrick, you were watching CNN. You weren't watching a goddamn horror movie, so <laughs> I was watching a rally of some sort. Yeah. yeah, you were just you were just watching outside of Target every other month in fucking Omaha. You weren't actually watching a movie. Yeah, yeah, it was it was closed circuit TV. You're absolutely right. <laughs> All right, guys, we are down to our top two spots, so these better be good. Greg, back to you. So I actually have a uh, a split for my number two. So I'll talk fairly quickly about both of them. First one was a Shutter original called Extremity. This one had been sitting in my queue for a while, and I know that it had a very similar, not necessarily tone, but story towards the movie that we had reviewed a while back called Haunt. And so I wanted to see what what was different, what was the same, and how it played out. And I was just I was really impressed by it. Significantly darker, significantly gorier than Haunt. It was a great story, I felt, and I just really, really enjoyed uh, really enjoyed the watch on this one. A little bit of a social commentary in there as well, but I don't think that it overshadows what uh, the, the actual story of Extremity was trying to portray. And then the second one uh, that tied for number two for me was the sequel to The Babysitter, and that was Babysitter Killer Queen. I don't want to talk too much about it because I think we might be doing this as a review, but just a quick little thing. I, I appreciate when a horror movie doesn't take itself too seriously in a sequel, and I felt like this was a really good one to uh, to kind of follow that rule where it was entertaining. Uh, it followed a lot of the same beats as the first one, but it didn't take itself too seriously, and I really appreciated what the story was and how they got from beginning to end. All right, Josh, number two. Uh, my number two was a number, uh, another 
um, rental off of Amazon. It was a film called Becky, um, which starred Kevin James um, as a um, a neo-Nazi, just bad motherfucker. It was a survival film. This girl goes out uh, with her dad to this cabin to uh, uh, just kind of get away from things after a, a bad event in her life. And these three guys show up at her house and she's kind of a survivalist kid. And she's got to fight back against these, I think it's like three or four uh, just Nazi characters. Kevin James is really good in this. And you know him from like King of Queens and like comedies and shit. So like when somebody like Kevin James can make a switch like this, it's really fun to watch. And and the kills in there were really fun. It was It was written really well. And again, Kevin James as this kind of badass Nazi character was just really fun to watch him do something different. Uh, again, totally worth the, the rental price off of Prime. That was the one I think I paid the most for and wasn't even mad. Uh, it was a really, really good, a good film. So if you want to see Kevin James, and he looked kind of like not fat in that movie. Like he actually looked like he like kind of bulked up a little bit in something that wasn't fat, uh, whatever you call that. It was a, uh, it was a lot of fun. So my yes. number two is also an Amazon Prime rental. It was a movie that was actually postponed. I think it was supposed to release last year, but they postponed it because of the political climate that was going on. It was a yeah, movie what it is. The Hunt. And beca- because it was presumed uh, anti-Republican at the time, uh, they, were, they had postponed it to kind of redo some of the marketing around it. And essentially, and it's not an original story. Essentially, it's these strangers that they wake up in this clearing and they don't know where they are, but they find that they are being hunted and they need to survive. But there's a twist in there and I really, really enjoyed it. This movie was solid from beginning to end. Lots of action. The lead actress phenomenal i've seen her in uh, a, a netflix series called the girls of glow uh, she's one of the professional wrestlers in that show uh but she comes into this as an ex-marine and she kicks ass all the way through very very solid thriller horror movie nice i kept the hunt and i kept invisible man off my list because they were studio film rentals and so I decided to go the other way with my money, but the hunt and the invisible man uh, were both on my list. I just, and I still really want to see both those. I just haven't gotten to them yeah. yet. I had been waiting a long time to see the hunt. So I'm, I'm glad I was able to include that in my, my 31 days. Kind of been hearing back and forth stuff about the invisible man, but I just hate Elizabeth Moss's face. Like, I, 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 I know that sounds so bad, but I hate no, her no, no, face. No, 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 no. I have a love-hate relationship with Elizabeth Moss. To me, she is an incredibly outstanding, gifted actress. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she's so Scientologist that I have no respect for that religion at all. I like that's not even my problem with her. Like, you can be crazy if you want. Like, go be crazy somewhere else. Yeah. Like my thing is, it looks like she always has a big handful of shit under her nose. Like always. <laughs> She always, yeah, she always, that's exactly it. Thank you, Patrick. Now we have award-winning actress Elizabeth Moss on here with us, because that was, 
<laughs> yeah, she just like always has this look on her face, and like she's a really great actress, but she can't act out of that like there's shit under my nose face, and I can't like, like it's resting bitch face kind of. No, it's not even resting. resting shit face. Not, it's resting <laughs> shit face. <laughs> yeah, it's a no. It's not resting bitch face. Yeah. It's like it's legitimate, it's just like resting like horrible smell face. She was in another like film I wanted to watch for the 31 days. A, a film called Shirley. And that was that's on that's on Hulu. That's on um, Hulu. Yeah. Again, was on my list that I didn't just didn't get yeah, to. So it, it'll hit my 2020 list, but it, it didn't get to the 31 days. So anyway, uh, yeah. the hunt number two. Greg, number one, 31 days of horror film. Go. So my number one actually came at the zero hour. It was my number 30 film that I watched. Uh, and I just, I needed something to clear out. And I found a 2021 that I had been putting off and putting off because I quite frankly didn't want to watch it because of who was in it. But I was still intrigued just a little bit. And that movie was The Color Out of Space. And I am so glad that I watched it because holy shit. Josh, stop shaking your head. It was just a mindfuck absolute mindfuck and it was done so well you watch it for the visual effects alone because that'll just blow your mind the characters they were okay take them or leave them but i just i really had fun watching that and i did not anticipate enjoying it as much as i did so color out of space yeah that surprises me because one of y'all watched it and hated it it well, was josh guilty yeah i just didn't like the mandy the, the sequel to mandy i'm sorry and, i wasn't a fan and, of me and i'm right in the middle because i enjoyed the first half of it and hated the second half when it went completely 150 percent lovecraft that's kind of where i'm at because i i enjoyed watching nicholas cage act for the first half of that movie and then i just did not enjoy watching nicholas cage become nicholas cage in the second half of that movie yeah yeah. It was just really hard for me to to, to keep at it. And should and, uh, go ahead. Should we save this one for a uh, for a review? Would Would you guys want to do a full review on it? I would be the tiebreak. Listen, next time I go to Oregon and I can get some of those sweet legal shrooms, I will watch Color Out of Space. <laughs> but until I, then, I'm not watching this. I honestly Maddie, think I, Maddie would like this movie. I hate uh, Nicolas Cage, though. I hate him so much. If, if you look past it's, him. It's the weirdness of this. You like the void, Maddie, for fuck's sake. It, it's the weirdness. Oh! It's kind of like the void on LSD. That's it. That is, that's 100% it's, it's it. It's the that weirdness is 100% of this it. movie. That's it. Uh, fine. Has Nick Cage is the weirdness of this movie I think you would really enjoy. Okay, well, I will go to Oregon and I'll watch it. <laughs> I'm I'm wondering how how screwed up this would be if you were on LSD because I felt like I was tripping watching that movie completely sober. Yeah, that, like, that, that second would half or that that third up. act was just it was wild. Blowing. Okay, I mean I like drugs. I like Lovecraft. I'll give it a shot. Who's who's next? Who's Josh? Number yeah. one. My number one film in the top five will probably if we do a if we do a top ten. I'm going to call it now will probably be my number one on my top 10. And that is a movie on Shudder called The Cleansing Hour. If you have not seen it, did you see it, Patrick? I did not see it. If you have not seen it, I would hunt it down and chase it because it started out as a short film on YouTube and then got made into a feature film. So you can watch the the short on, on YouTube. 
But uh, the, the feature on Shudder is really, really good. Really well done. I'm not like even a huge fan of these exorcism movies, but it's so different that uh, I, I just super dug it. Um, so I would chase down the cleansing hour and uh, and check it out on Shudder. It's super good. I, maybe I'll eat shit here in a month, but right now I'm calling. The cleansing hour will probably be my my number one on my top ten. Uh, where where was it streaming? It's on Shutter. Watch the YouTube short first, and and then jump into it if you're gonna do it. But yeah, I uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Well, Patrick, number one. My number one for the 31 day challenge is another Amazon Prime rental. It is called Spree, and it is about a uh, a young man trying to get as many followers as possible on his social media uh, streaming channel. And he drives for a company called Spree. It's like an Uber company. But actually the people he's picking up, he ends up killing live on his stream as he's driving around. And during this time, he's trying to get more and more followers. And it is just nonstop fun, I felt, for this one. Some unique kills, And just the amount of fun and energy this young man that was the lead actor in it had film. Just a really, really, really good movie. It will probably hit my top 10 very easily. And now I found out how we can get some more followers, guys. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a working car. All right. So now that we've gotten our top five out of the way, any honorable mentions that you guys kind of want to throw out there? You just let's let's just go and everybody just say their honorable mention. So we'll start with Patrick. What were yours? Out of my list, I'm only going to throw out one honorable mention. It was a 2020 film called Uncle Peckerhead, and yeah, that's what it was called. And it's about a punk band. They get their first tour, uh, life on the road type situation, and they're joined by a man eating demon as their roadie. Fun gore in this one. Some pretty solid rock music in here as well, and just fun indie film sit back relax don't think just enjoy uncle peckerhead fantastic josh honorable mentions one of them was babysitter killer queen but i don't want to talk about it because we're going to do it as our own separate review on another cast down the road whenever we decide to do this again so the one more months right uh (laughs) so the one honorable mention i have and I didn't write down where this was streaming. I wish I would have. The one honorable mention I have was a film I watched called uh, The Day of Our Lord. It's a film that I think Maddie would, I think, would dig the shit out of. Here's the thing. It made me feel really gross. <laughs> um, it's a really, really good film. Again, it is another exorcism film, and, and I don't really chase those but it's uh, another movie that just uh, dropped. It looks super interesting and then just kind of stuck uh, with me. The this, this story is really good and it's all over the place. So you, you never really can like call where it's going. Um, just when you kind of think like, oh, you, you think it's kind of going to kind of go one way, it veers left. It keeps you guessing almost the whole movie. But uh, I watched that movie and, and I think I wrote uh, my review and then I think I did write in there. I was like, Maddie, should, you should check this movie out because I think you would uh, I think you would dig it. Awesome. Greg, any honorable mentions? Yeah, I did have one. Not a new one, which I'm bummed about, but I'm actually glad that I watched it, was uh, Rob Zombie's Lords of Salem. This was a movie that I I was up and down about wanting to check out just because I had heard negative reviews on it. You know, hearing negative reviews obviously is a turnoff, and why would I chase something that people aren't liking? But 
I uh, I saw it and I thought, you know what, what the hell? Let's let's pull the trigger on it. And I was actually fairly impressed by what it turned out to be. I felt like it was the Rob Zombie movie that I was expecting from the beginning. It's just dark and creepy watching I can't think of her name now, but his terribly acting ex or wife. Sherry Moon Zombie. Uh, watching her descent. Sherry Moon Zombie, thank you. Watching her descent in this movie. I think was probably the best part of it. And when you get to the end and see the imagery of what he reveals, it's just like, holy shit, this is a Rob Zombie movie. This is what I will judge Rob Zombie movies by. And I was just really, really impressed by what he did with that. Where does that sit for you, Greg, as far as Rob Zombie's um, filmography? Where does that sit for you? Oh, damn. It's tough to say because I need to go back and watch Devil's Rejects again. And I still haven't seen the third movie in that trilogy. I can't think of the name of that one. Will help. Uh, three from uh, hell. Three from hell. <laughs> three from hell. Thank you. Thank you. I, I still haven't seen that. I would rank it probably second or third. Well, probably third or fourth in there with House of a Thousand sitting at the top. Halloween sitting at number two. I feel like I'm missing more that he's done. I'd have to go back and look, but I, I feel like it would sit in the upper the upper echelon of what he's done so far. Cool. I was curious. Very cool. Do we Could want we to Maddie? just uh just quickly list off the five five crappers? Like not really chat about them too much, just kind of or, 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 Yeah, or I wouldn't really them. go into like insane detail about Perfect. why you didn't like them, just kind of like unless there's one that's like really fucking bad. Yeah, I would I would just say we each list our our worst one. All right, guys. Well then let's just wrap up with saying what was your biggest fucking shitter of this 2020 so let's go josh first yeah that's cool i'm gonna say on mine it wasn't the the worst movie on my list it was the biggest disappointment and uh that was gretel and hansel um because i remember at the beginning of the year being really excited for this really super dark kind of basically fairy tale film and, and how dark they could really go in, in this horror genre and what they could do with it. And then I checked it out and uh, was just really bummed on it. So uh, again, not worst movie I watched. It wasn't definitely wasn't the worst, but it was the biggest disappointment for me. I, I would agree. That was a big disappointment for me as well. Who next me? I'll go. Sure. Go Sorry. Uh, I was talking and I thought I had unmuted myself. God damn it. Sorry, For guys, me, uh, the, the worst of the 31 that I saw was a movie called Monstrous. And it's about this young woman who heads into Whitehall, New York, where there's tons of sightings of, of Bigfoot sightings in quotes. And she's, she's there to track down someone, a friend who had mysteriously vanished. But the whole premise is, you know, that she quickly learns that, that there's something hiding in the woods that's even more sinister than what Bigfoot could be. And it was just a snooze fest from beginning to end. And then Bigfoot comes in at the beginning and at the very end, and there's no reason for him to be in there. So stay away from Monstrous is my suggestion. All right, Greg, number one show. So I've got... Uh... I've got three that were just god-awful. One, I want to actually go into a complete diatribe on, or at least want to get a discussion going, just because of what I felt the movie could have been. That movie was The Invisible Man. I'm, I'm not going to use that for here because I feel like we could use that for a whole other discussion on a podcast. So I'll let that one go. Probably the biggest pile of shit that I saw, and I'm still kicking myself for even pulling the trigger on this, was the sequel to 47 Meters Down, and that was the uncaged version. Uh-huh. 
I don't even have the words to describe how fucking stupid I was for pulling the trigger on this, knowing that it was bad, or how pissed I am at the people who tried to make this movie under a name of a really, really good horror action-adventure shark movie. Who's the bigger idiot here? Just fucking A. Don't watch that movie. That's goddamn garbage. Wasn't it on, like, some, like, big, like, top ten of the year thing, though? Dude, if it was, I'm going to go back. I'm going to hunt these people down. I'm going to beat them within an inch of their life. Yeah, I swear it was on Rotten Tomatoes films of the year, but we kind of talked about that. There wasn't a lot. Oh, my God. The characters were god-awful. The story was horrid. The CG was pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Zombie sharks, really? 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 (laughs) Fuck you. Sylvester Stallone's daughter was in that movie. There were a couple of, uh, I think, famous daughters in that movie that were trying to get their start in there. (laughs) Trying to get their start? Yeah. Not a good start. Yeah, should have just gone to porn. (laughs) Fucking Christ. Seriously, you would have had a better shot at actually being a star. And by the way, Greg, I'm the bigger idiot because I bought that movie. Uh, Oh. Josh, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Sight unseen, by the way. Okay, okay, that's... Slightly more forgivable, but had I seen that, I would have taken it out back and burned it. And I and I and I 100% based that off of I loved 47 meters down. Like I dug that movie, so I was like, this can't be <laughs> famous last words. Oops. Okay, yeah, I feel like I've said this can't be that bad for quite a few movies, and I'm like, oh, they are that bad. Yep. Shit. All right, guys. Well, that kind of wraps up our 31 days of horror that we did month and a half ago um anyone else have any comments it's gonna be a couple weeks before i can watch anymore but then guys we gotta get ramped up for best of 2020 i've yeah, seen that definitely kill it in december Do is something. there something that's still coming out that you're looking forward to i don't know the election results already came out so yeah. my horror movie's done there's nothing coming out that i this year that i'm excited about there's a couple there's... coming out in 2021 that i'm kind of pumped for there's one that I'm looking forward to, but I don't think it's going to go digital before the end of the year. And that's Vince Vaughn's uh, Freaky. Freaky I've been looking yeah. for. And I thought it, it's get, it got theatrical. So I thought that's the kind of movie that they would also drop VOD because it's not like a huge movie. So I thought it would be VOD rental and it it didn't go. I've been looking for it. I do want to see it. Well, it, it hasn't released theatrically yet. Oh, it, I thought it released uh, last Friday, a theatrical. Oh, I thought it was I, just I think upcoming. it did. Two no, days ago. I think it's already out because I, I saw it on there and I thought, oh, that actually looks kind of interesting. Yeah. According to Bloody Disgusting, Freaky will be coming to VOD 17 days after this weekend's theatrical release, which was last weekend. So in a couple weeks, I guess, we'll be able to see it on VOD. Yeah. So that was definitely, but yeah, that's definitely on my list. Uh, Antebellum, although it already came out, I do want to see Antebellum uh, pretty bad. And then The Hunt and then, then The Invisible Man. As far as movies that have already come out this year, Mm-hmm. I, other than, I don't I don't really know what's coming out this year and what's not. There's there's been movies announced, but God knows if they're coming out or not. Yeah, like so. do you guys think like have you watched anything outside of this 31 days of horror that's gonna like make it so you have a like comprehensible top ten of twenty twenty? Or is it somebody yes, somebody no? Josh no. is confused. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That'll you be an interesting you guys have seen my list. Regardless, if I've seen 10 movies, those are my top 10. Yeah, I think I've seen enough uh, enough since January to make a top 10 uh, list. There, I said there's a handful of movies that I still want to watch, 
to see if they would land on that list. But even if I don't see those five movies, I've seen enough to make a top 10. And and like I said, I'll have a top 10. Now, how that stands up next to top 10s from past years, that's going to be debatable. I mean, right. as long as I've seen 10 movies, those are my top 10 of the year. Yeah, I have seen two 2020 films. And I mean, the two I saw were good, but like... Ain't going to help my uh, top 10 very much if I'm just like, I saw two of them. What did you uh, see, Maddie? What were the two that you saw that were 2020? I literally saw Good Boy and Puka, and that's been my only 2020. Okay. But I I feel like in the past, you've made a 2020 top 10 list that were not 2020 movies. Oh, no. I normally do just movies that I've seen in that year. But like I haven't watched a lot this year, honestly, because then I we've talked about this before. I just haven't really been excited about horror movies in the past couple of years because they've been just not really my cup of tea, my shot of whiskey, my whatever you want to call it. So yeah, I think this year I I probably will be hosting the top ten for 2020 because again I'll be like I have nothing to add. I watched three movies, four of them were the void. So, yeah, this will be an interesting, yeah, kind of just an interesting wrap-up at the end of the year. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for tuning into the Midnight Frycast. Does anyone have any plugs? I do just want to say briefly that we lost one of my favorite actors in the last couple weeks. Sir Sean Connery was a huge love of mine. It's the reason I like older men. I just, he was a great actor. He did a lot of he did a good service to the you know to the parts that he played and he was an iconic actor and it, it sucks that he's gone but him and alex trebek are having a real good time right now so they are oh yeah i hope they're having a good time god bless them both anybody have any plugs just Patrick. a normal outro i guess yep all right so if you're a fan of the fright cast and we know that you are help us out make sure that you head on over to itunes Uh, or Google, or whatever platform you're listening to us on, and make sure that you rate and review us. Uh, You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, and many, many, many more. Make sure that you check us out online. We're on Twitter. Obviously, we're on Facebook. Uh, Just look for Midnight Frightcast. And then also check out our short films, and and I think we might have our feature length up there as well, uh, at midnightfrightfilms.com. All right guys from the scream queen josh patrick and greg and aldo apparently thank you for joining us tonight at the midnight fright cast have a great night and wear your goddamn mask wear your mask